What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number three of the podcast that, as of right now, still has no name. <laughs> Once we put these out, obviously the name is going to be there, but right now I'm still not 100% decided. But um, I know what I want to record and talk about. So here we go, episode number three. So um, something that I kind of came up with, uh, during the last episode that we recorded where we talked about the origin story of Final Round um, was how it all really started um, as a business, which was me being a personal trainer. So that's kind of what I want to talk about right now. Um, I feel like there's so many misconceptions about personal training. Um, you know, once you have, there's, there's this one thing, right? So once you're, once you have an experience as a, as a client with a personal trainer, that kind of sets the gauge for personal training for you mentally, right? So a lot of trainers out there, unfortunately, are not good trainers. They are, you know, a lot of times just, you know, kids in college that are doing it just to have like a side job as they get their exercise science degree. They have no desire to be a personal trainer after college, so they don't really put any effort into it. Um, other times, it's really just people who passed their online certification exam. And then, you know, that being said, there's there's only a couple of very high level um, personal training certifications that you can get. You can get like ACE, you can get NASM, you can get ISSA. And then there's a bunch of other ones that are kind of just like, you know, easier to get. And then there's some pretty crappy, cheap online ones that you can get. Um, there's also a couple of weekend certifications, which we're not going to talk about that um, <laughs> are a little ridiculous. But once you get them, then all of a sudden you're a trainer and you can start training people. Right. So you can imagine that people who really go the the lower, you know, kind of like the, the cheaper way or like the easier way, they're not really getting the education that they should be getting um, like they would get if they were to go through like the American Council, uh, the American Council on Exercise, which is ACE or NASM, the National Association of Sports Medicine. Um, so they, it is, um, there's a lot of different ways that this can go. And, you know, again, your, your perception on personal training is always going to change based on your first experience. And unfortunately, a lot of people have negative experiences, but what is a good personal trainer? So I've taken personal training and made it my career. I knew it was going to be what I wanted to do the rest of my life. Once I started, I quit a high paying job to pursue this as a career. Now, when I was in personal training school, right, um, it was whatever. It was like school, right? So you have to study. It's a lot of book work and all that kind of stuff. But one, the, the best thing that could have possibly ever happened to me while I was in school, um, the school that I was going to was like an institute. and It was like a year-long course that I was doing. At the end of that course, what that school did was part of my tuition paid for me to go to like a week-long intensive boot camp type thing. Um, in Las Vegas with some of the kids from some of the other people from our school and um, from people from kind of like all over the United States. So the the group that I was with in Las Vegas, um, who I'm still kind of friendly with some of the people on Facebook, um, you know, like 11 years from, you know, 11 years ago, we still talk a little bit. Um, we're all people who had gone to a similar like institute or whatever that were getting ready to take their personal training exams. So for an entire week, we basically got like a brief run through of every single thing that you could think of that the fitness industry has. So we were doing like Zumba, yoga. We went to a uh, Parisi speed and agility school. We went to like a functional training place. We went to like uh, it's just like literally everything. We had a bunch of keynote speakers that came out and talked to us. And honestly, that week. 
changed my life. Um, seeing other people who took what basically what I was in school for and made it their career and see what they were able to do with it. And just to see, like, just to be a keynote speaker at an event like this, to me, it was just like amazing. I was like, man, this, there's so much more to this than just telling somebody, you know, how to do a squat or showing somebody how to do a bench press. There's so much more to this. So there, there really is. And when you're a personal trainer, there's, there's one thing that, you know, you go into personal training once you become a trainer, right? So yes, that changed my life, right? So now I became a trainer. Once you go into training in your mind, you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to train people. I'm going to show people how to do exercise. And then you quickly find out that there's so much more to that, so much more to personal training than just um, writing somebody's workouts, right? You have to listen to people. You have to be a good listener. You have to be really, really personable. You have to be a people person. I know so many trainers who are probably much smarter trainers than me, right? Like but way more book smart. They know all the technical terms, but it's like you talk to them and it's like, there's no personality there. Nobody wants to train with somebody who has no personality. It's boring. You know what I mean? I, I could care less if your workouts are the best. It doesn't matter if you're just boring. You're just standing there watching me train. People want personal training is so much, again, it's just so much more than just the workouts, right? You have to listen to people. You have to be a people person. You have to be good at giving advice too, because these people, like when all of my clients, like when they, you know, they, clients will kind of like vent to you a little bit. So some clients have told me things that, you know, I'm sure that they've not told other people. And, and, you know, I have a handful of clients, um, that I've, that have been with me through the years who have, I've, you know, I've become very good friends of mine. They're not just clients anymore. They're like family. So they know a lot more about me than, anybody else knows about me, you know, and those are the ones that I keep close to myself, but you got to be good at like, kind of like trying to give somebody advice. You're almost like a life coach when you're a really good personal trainer, right? When you're very invested in this, you're almost like a life coach. You are not just there to give workouts. So if you ever watch some of these shows, like, you know, the biggest losers, there's a lot of like, um, they get a lot of backlash, but it's, you know, that's besides the point. The Biggest Loser, when you look at what the show does, yes, the trainers are training these people, right? But then there's all these like little side clips of the trainers kind of like trying to motivate somebody who is who is down on themselves, who has like tried time and time again to lose weight and tried time and time again to reach a goal that they were never able to do on their own. And that trainer's job is to motivate them and to basically guide them in the right direction. You're a life coach. You're not just a trainer. You're so much more than that. So I feel like a lot of personal training gets such a bad rap, but when you're a really good trainer and I, I'm very, very blessed to know a lot of really good trainers, a lot of friends of mine, you know, a lot of my friends are business owners and they own gyms and they all started out like me. It's like you, you generally have to have a care for people. If you don't care about people, you're going to be a shitty trainer. And that's just the truth. There's no way around it. So if you're somebody who's interested in becoming a personal trainer or you're looking to, you know, like, oh, this looks like a, a fun side job and you're really not going to put the time into investing in the person, not just writing workouts, invest your time into these people. If you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to, to listen to, to be just somebody that somebody can vent to, right? To be a life coach. If you're not willing to be the kind of person that can help literally push somebody and make changes that they never thought possible, if that's not like something you're looking to do, or if that's something you didn't know was part of the job, well, you know, maybe personal training isn't for you. You know what I mean? Um, we don't need any more bad trainers out there. That's for sure. So yeah, I mean, 
personal training again it's i could go on and on about this like the whole <laughs> i feel like now i'm just ranting about it but it's you know it is because like i've spent my entire life trying to or not my entire life i spent my entire career in the fitness industry um trying to really find the balance of how much exercise does somebody need from me? How much of a workout does somebody need from me? And how much of like myself does somebody need from me? You, there has, there has to be a fine tuned balance, right? I know a lot of trainers that are great, that they're, um, they're very personable. They're, they're great people person. Like they're the worst trainers I've ever seen, but their client retention is amazing because their clients like them because of the way they are, their personality. So I feel like a lot of times that's probably what you see more of when you go to like a big gym, you know, and just to say a few, not that, you know, um, back talk, I'm like not down talking any gyms, but like go to an LA fitness or you go to like a 24 hour fitness, you're going to see trainers like that, that have all these clients, but they, they're not in shape themselves. Their workouts are all exactly every single one of their clients does the exact same workout. They use the machines. They don't do like dumbbell free weights or anything like that because they don't know any better. And they have like 50 clients <laughs> that they've had for years. Why? Because they're, they're nice guys. They're nice girls. They're very personable. You know, they'll listen. They, they figured out all that other stuff, but they didn't put care to put the time into being good trainers and actually studying the craft, right. Of helping somebody like lose weight and things like that. So you could have all the book smarts in the world, but if you're not a people person, you're not going to go anywhere. And if you're a people person, you can go pretty far in training without, <laughs> unfortunately, without really being a good trainer. That's, you know, it's the, the shitty part of, the personal training industry, you know what I mean? Um, but all that being said, um, something that I've always tried to do again for myself, yes, I want to be a great trainer. I want to know how to do every single work, every single exercise known to man, right? When you're a trainer, that's kind of like what you, what you think of, right? Like when you first become a personal trainer, it's like, I want to be the best fucking trainer in the world. I want to be the best trainer in my gym. Like that's, that's what motivates most people even, you know, in the beginning. And you know, you study a lot. So yeah, you know, I think that with personal training, you should always have like a niche. There should always be something that you're really good at, right? Because if you think about it, like I started out at a gym where there was myself and at the time there was like a huge hiring. They hired like five, six, seven trainers um, around somewhere, somewhere around there. So when I was working, there was like 30 trainers at the gym that I was at. So, and I was a brand new trainer. So how the hell are you supposed to compete with that? Because when you're in a big gym, when you're in a small gym like mine, right? I own a small training studio. So when you come to my gym and you sign up for personal training, it doesn't matter who I give you to because, you know, that that my guys don't work on commission like most work, most gyms do. My guys are all salary-based employees as they should be because, you know, when with personal training, most of it is commission-based. So if you don't train, you don't get paid. And when you go to a big gym that has 30 trainers on staff and you're all working commission – you're basically competing against each other. So it's like, you know, it's not the best business model for a trainer to be successful, but it is a good model for a trainer to really kind of learn how to be a, how to sell themselves. You know, you have to, you have to learn to sell yourself. And how do you, if everybody else is doing squats, if everybody else is doing bench press, if everybody else is using the machines, how do you stand out among 30 trainers? You have to have a niche. You have to have a reason for people to come to you. So, my thing, thankfully, in my gym that I was at, everybody was a great trainer. There were a lot of really good trainers, and there were some that weren't, you know, as in most gyms. But um, none of them 
did boxing the way I do. I'm I'm a very, you know, that's probably my best thing, right? My best uh my best niche. I have a couple of things that I do really well, but boxing is for sure my top one and it makes me stand out. And to this day, yeah, there could be other trainers who do boxing, but none of them, you know, it's very hard to find a trainer with my experience that can make you know, a beginner, an absolute beginner who's not coordinated, who's never done anything athletic in their life and make them look like they know what they're doing when they hit a heavy bag or when they hit pads, right? It's different than just car. I don't do cardio boxing. <laughs> I hate cardio boxing. Fuck that shit, man. I hate it. I teach you technique. You learn how to box with me. But so yeah, um, without like tooting my own horn, I'm very good at, you know, being th- that at, at a, being a good boxing coach. That was my bread and butter. I was, you know, an amateur fighter. So that I bring that to the table, right? And there's not many trainers like that. So I was able to stand out a little bit amongst all the other trainers. And then I do women's self-defense. So doing self-defense in front of, you know, when you're in a room packed full of trainers, um, packed full of gym members, and you're doing like self-defense with somebody in the corner, like where you're, I'm te- I teach rape escape. So some of these moves that I teach, you could imagine are a little, you know, if you're teaching somebody how to escape rape, um, just imagine what the defensive techniques that we're going over look like. Right. So, um, that definitely is going to make me stand out. So I was very lucky with that when I was a trainer, but you know, most people obviously don't have those skill sets. So if you're going to be a personal trainer and you want to be a good one, you have to figure out what you're good at. What are you the best at? And if right now you don't know, that's fine, but maybe what are you passionate about, right? Like some people are really, really good at post rehab. Some people are good at rehab in general. Some people are good at speed and agility, and, you know, you can take those strengths and figure out how you can make that better and make it stand out. You know, if you're in a gym full of trainers that are only using machines, then you're going to be the one pulling out the agility ladder and cones with your clients. And that's going to make you stand out. You know what I mean? Or if you're in a, in, in a gym where everybody's doing, you know, speed and agility and, you know, everybody's like cardio fitness then maybe you're going to be the strength person and that's going to make you stand out. But you got to figure out what you want. Right. And it can't just be. If you're going to find a niche, like make sure it's something that you want to do, right? Like for a while, boxing was my niche, but I, you know, with uh, a lot of the emotional um, feelings that came with not, you know, when I had to, like when I decided to no longer pursue boxing um, as a sport or as a career, as a sport, whatever you want to, however you want to look at it. Like it was very like heartbreaking, you know what I mean? With to put years of blood, sweat and tears into something you thought you could make into something and it ended up not working out. So for a while, even though boxing was my best thing, I didn't want it to be, I kind of didn't want to do it, you know? So I I was like, all right, I'm going to do the, I'm going to be the calisthenics guy. And I was, I did nothing but calisthenic training forever. So make it, make sure that your niche is something that you want to do, right? And then just be the best at it. If you're going to be a trainer, you, yes, you need to be personable. Yes. You need to be a great life coach. You need to learn to listen you need to care about your clients. That's number one. But number two, for sure is that you need to be good at what you're doing. You need to be able to get people results because at the end of the day, you know, all of my clients, um, thankfully the ones that I've had for years have been with me yeah, for eight, seven years. But at the end of the day, I'm still providing them the service, the same level of service, if anything better now than when they first started, because that's what it's about. You're providing a service to somebody. And yes, you can become friends with some, with your clients. Again, some of my clients are probably like some of the best friends I've ever had. But they're still paying for my service, and I need to. If anything, the closer you get to some with one of some of your clients, the more you should do. Almost like you go above and beyond for those people who have stuck by you by the years, right? So, um, you definitely need to consistently 
improve on your craft. It's not like, you know, just because boxing is my thing doesn't mean I still don't try to improve on it. You know what I mean? I, yet now I'm not trying to improve boxing to be a, a fighter. Now I'm improving to be a coach because that's what I do. So, you know, um, like when, when people started using noodles as pad, for pad work, that was like something that came out a couple of years ago. I was only ever doing just regular pad work. I was like, all right, well, every people are using noodles now. So I had to learn how to use noodles. I was looking up videos, re, you know, watching tutorials from some of the greatest trainers in the world that were doing it and, you know, to get better at it. Right. So even though boxing was my thing, I probably could have done without the noodles, but the fact that now I do them, it looks cool. Members like it. So you know, there you go. You you just have to consistently try to improve on your craft when you're a trainer. And it's it's not just like, you know, for the, for some of the younger people that are are doing personal training right now, like I said in the beginning, like if you're in college and this is your side job, like this could be like a very, very good job for you. This could be, I mean, you technically, yes, you know, when <laughs> the one thing that people like sell you, like the school sell you, make your own schedule. Like that's bullshit. You don't make your own schedule. You work off of other people's schedules. Yes, I can choose whether I want to train you at five or six, but that's, I still have to train you either at five or six because that's all you can do as a client. So you cannot, you do not make your own schedule. You work off, you work off the schedules of your clients. The only thing that you're choosing is if you're going to do eight or eight 30, <laughs> that's basically it. So um, let's, let's, let's let that little thing die right now. You do not make your own schedule when you're a personal trainer, especially if you want to make money as a personal trainer, you do not make your own schedule. You work for people. That is the way that works. Um, uh, talking about that, I kind of lost my train of thought <laughs> because it's such, it's such an odd, there's so many things that they sell you when you're becoming a, when you're going to become a trainer, um, where it's like, you're going to gain all this freedom and whatever, you're going to make, you know, be able to afford, you know, if you want to make money as a personal trainer, again, most gyms only pay you commission. You need to work your ass off. And just because you're a trainer doesn't mean you're going to get clients immediately. You have to learn to market yourself. So that's another thing. Like, but if you're, oh, so, okay. I think this is what I was talking about before. Um, if you're a younger person and you're getting into this field, this could be a very, very good job. And yes, now I'm at a point 10 years from when I started where I, yes, now can really make my own schedule. But the only reason is because I have employees who do the personal training for me now. So yes, 10 years down the line, when you have employees, you can make your own schedule, but, uh, you know, you have to have people doing it for you. You have to have people working for you at that point, but it is a great career. I, I, I think personal training has done becoming a personal trainer has done more for me than anything else in my life. Um, you know, because of it, I was able to build my business, grow my business because of it. I was able to hire employees to work, to take over some of the personal training for me and to take on new members. Because of that, I was able to open a gym and be, you know, have, you know, over a hundred members training in a, in a gym that's packed, you know, multiple nights a week. And because of personal training, I was able to buy a house. I was able to buy a car. I'm able to provide for my family because of personal training. It, it changed my life. So it is a great career. You meet tons of people like I don't think I'll I don't think there's any career that you can have where you meet the kind of people that you meet. Like I have I train I've trained lawyers, I've trained doctors, I've trained stay at home moms, I've trained, you know, entrepreneurs, I've trained, you know, uh, single parents, you know, I've trained people that have gone through divorces. I've trained people that have, that got married. I trained couples getting ready for their weddings like you just meet so many interesting people, you know, and it's like the the networking alone is amazing. It's like, you you know, you, I know 
guys who own plumbing businesses. I know guys who are electricians, like all from personal training. So it is, it has been an amazing career. It's been an amazing journey on this entire time. Um, You know, I would strongly, you know, if you're, if you're young and you're getting into it, or even if you're not young, just if you're looking into becoming a personal trainer, it is amazing. It is. And I love it, but you got to work at it. It is very, very hard to be good at personal training. And again, now, nowadays, literally like everybody and their mother is a personal trainer. Everybody's got somebody that they're training, doing something. You know, you got people who get certified just as, as like yoga instructors. And now they do private yoga. They, you got people who do bar now and they do private bar sessions. So you're competing with everybody. So again, it it is a great career, but you got to work hard at it. You got to find your niche. You got to find a way to stand out amongst a crowd of you know, thousands of people who, and remember most people look at personal training and they think it's like a joke. You know, I remember, I still to this day, like tell people sometimes, like now I tell people I'm a gym owner, right? So it's a little different, but when I was a personal trainer, even when I was like, you know, making like a great salary, personal training, working like 30 hours a week, you tell somebody you're a personal trainer that kind of looked down at <laughs> like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, what do you mean? Oh, like I probably make as much money as you do. It's really, you know, but people just don't look at personal training that way. They feel like, you know, I feel like people think personal trainers are dumb too. I feel like that's another, like, like I still remember watching the um, family guy episode where Peter goes to a gym and it's like, the guy's name is like Brad or something. Brad comes like, all right, Peter, today we're going to do is like, we're going to talk about your diet. And Peter's like, well, I eat pizza. And he's like, oh, that's bad. And Peter's like, well, why is it bad? And the trainer's like, it just is, man. It's just, <laughs> he had no answer. It just make trainers, they always make trainers look like they're so dumb when they're not, you know. I mean, some, you know, let's, all right, well, it's like a, whatever. Some are, some aren't. But most of the time, personal trainers are very smart. A lot of the trainers that I know are like probably some of the smartest people I've ever met. You know what I mean? So, but why do trainers get such a bad rap? What is that? What's that about? Such nonsense. I hate it. Whatever. Anyway, so yeah, personal training. If you're looking to get into it, it's a great career. We just got to work at it. I think I've said that like a million times. So we are coming to a close. That's it. Before I continue to rant and repeat myself for the like 80th time, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the of the podcast. And uh, again, as of right now, I don't know the name, but you will once it's posted because the name is going to be there. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay safe. <laughs>